Welcome to the Hey Sanat podcast. I'm your host, Sanat Janeski, and I'm here to have real life conversations about the things that we need to hear, but don't really like to talk about. So tune in each week as we laugh and cry our way to a new perspective. Now let's get started. Hello, I'm so excited today to welcome Tanya the Herbalist. I actually feel like I'm interviewing a local celebrity. <laughs> you pretty much are a celebrity in our community. So welcome to today's show. Thank you so much for having me, Sana. You're tuning in all the way from Turkey. Yes, today I'm in Turkey. It's my first interview actually abroad. So yay. So I win. <laughs> I win the day. So I asked you to be on here today because one, I just think that your content is like so cool. You have a huge following on Instagram and I watched it grow. But even before it really took off, I was just in awe of this lifestyle that you had taken on and, and, and your, your choice to help people. And so you are a healer in my eyes. Uh, in many eyes. And I wanted to have this conversation with you about how that started and how you are sort of a rebel in our community. Do you know what I mean by that? Well, I mean, it's unconventional, right? Yeah. But you do it so fearlessly and you put yourself out there. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely requires a little bit of tough skin. A lot of people that follow my journey tend to know how I got into herbalism. It was just by chance or by fate, I would say. Um, and yeah, like my mom has a rare disease. It's called neurofibromatosis. So she's got a bunch of tumors that grow all over her body. It's super painful. And since my teens, I have just watched her start like a lot of medications. And then eventually we got used to kind of seeing my mom almost be sedated. And then she was eventually bedridden and she was just in constant pain and over the years, it just got worse and worse to the point where about five, six years ago, I started to hit rock bottom because I was grieving my mom while she was physically still alive. I couldn't have a conversation with her anymore. She wasn't coherent. She'd fall asleep in the middle of conversations. It was like, it was horrible. Like literally that. And she was on so much medications and narcotics. And then they would give her more medications for the side effects of these narcotics. And it was just a really bad hole that she was going into. And so through that, I had extreme anxiety, like really bad anxiety every single day for years and trying to heal myself. And I guess heal her. I hit rock bottom. I took some time off work. I was really successful in a corporate position, like, you know, well over six figures travels paid for all over the world. And I was so unhappy though. I was such in a dark place. And so I decided to take a step back. I took some time off work and I was just kind of like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I don't know what to do. I feel helpless. I'm trying to help her, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And so I guess it's when I started to just sit by nature. I literally went and sat by the water and sat in nature and I just tried to ground myself. And it was the first time that I even learned what meditation was and just, you know, tried to ground myself. And eventually I feel like on day seven, literally it was day seven, where I quieted my mind just long enough to kind of have that aha moment where I said, wait, there must be something else that we can do for her. There must be something natural that we can do for her. I don't know if it was me being with plants and earth, uh, like nature long enough for them to start talking to me. But that was my first step to being like, wait, okay, there must be something natural. Let me see if there's natural plants or ways to heal. And then I literally bought my very first book from National Geographic. And I had an old school pen and paper, literally. And I went back to that same place in nature and I just started writing on everything that I could do for the nervous system to try and help my mom. And it opened up my eyes beyond belief. And I was like, oh my God, there's so much, you know, healing in plants. And so eventually I started to use my mom as a guinea pig because she was like, just do what you got to do because nothing's working for me and I'm pretty much going to die this way. So I'm willing to try whatever it is. And so I started to make her like concoctions and stuff like that. And she started to get some relief off of that. And then eventually that really gave her that willpower to realize that I don't have to live on these pills and literally go into my grave this way. And so with natural healing and of course her own mind power and journey, she was able to get off of these narcotics. And then I just, I, I ran with it. I ran with it and I stopped trusting in the pharmaceutical industry because they just left her to die. And when I was dealing with my severe anxiety, they just kept trying to give me medications. And when I looked at the side effect of some of these medications to help with anxiety, one of the side effects were written suicide, suicidal thoughts. And I was like, well, that's not something that I want. 
And so I just started to recognize that that's not the route that I wanted to take. And I, I really gravitated towards plant medicine. Wow. Like I'm like hearing it all. And it's just so profound because I talk a lot about living authentically and like stepping into your authentic self. A lot of my podcast revolves around that. And, and you get there by listening to the whispers and like this whisper came to you and, um, and that's what I like, that's how I got into my own healing journey is like, I just stopped and I got quiet, quiet enough to hear the whispers. And at first you kind of like, I mean, for me, it took me a while because I would like ignore it and dismiss it because I was disconnected from my own intuition. But if you are connected enough and you're like surrounded by nature and grounded enough, it's so loud that it's actually, it's like straight up a message from God. Like, this is what you need to be doing. It is like, that's the thing is I, I was always intuitive, but it was in those moments where I was like, that voice is, it was, it was loud and clear. And then the the more you can hear it, the easier it is to decide, like to hear that voice. And then from there, it just guides you. And that's kind of what takes, took me on this journey that I'm on now, five, six years later. And how is your mom doing now? She's still sick. Like she's still got her tumor. She's still in a lot of pain. She doesn't rely on narcotics and stuff, which is the biggest thing. Um, but of course, when it comes to healing, it's holistic. So there's a lot of unhealed parts that still need attention. And until that happens, you know, the overall healing, I don't think is quite going to take place, but she doesn't rely on pharmaceuticals. She's here with me. Um, she goes out with us now. She actually talks, she laughs, she laughs more than I, I could remember her laughing. And, and I think that's really the biggest win right now. So when she's ready to take healing to a whole other level, that would be ideal. But the point is, is she's actually living again. She talks, she goes out, she laughs. Um, whereas before you couldn't get any of that. There's quality of life. Exactly. And that is a gift. 100%. And you get to witness it and you're there right now traveling like with your family and with your son and, and your son gets to experience his grandmother. Exactly. That's it's 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 really important because I I knew I had one grandparent that I had known. I didn't know the rest, and it was hard as a child seeing their mom go through that. Because what made it the hardest is my I get like my strength and my fierceness and all of that. I get that from her. So when you see that strong matriarch person who's fearless be bedridden and no longer really coherent, it like destroys that, that image for you. Um, and it started at a young age, like I said, I was like maybe 14, 15, where it really started to, to get worse over time. And you said that you had anxiety. Was that specifically medical anxiety or was it just all encompassing? Um, I mean, it was definitely like a chronic anxiety for sure. Cause it was to the point that for years, every single day I was waking up puking every single day. Wow. Like it was, it was, a, it was, it became the norm. And I still remember cause I met my husband and when we started dating, like he was like, what's, what's going on? And I'm like, oh yeah, this is just anxiety in the morning. Don't mind it. You know, get used to it. Um, but it had a lot to do with, you know, like I said, with everything that was happening with my mom and all of this stuff, I, I later realized that it not only had to do with that, but it also had to do with, I wasn't living within my purpose and something inside of me was telling me, like, like I said, I was in a job that was making a lot of money and stuff like that. And I thought it would be the greatest thing. And I was like, but I'm not happy. I feel like I'm not doing a service to society. And I felt my gut, something inside of me was telling me that I was not aligned and, with all of that, I think it was all encompassing, causing a severe amount of anxiety for me to do internal work in order to realize where I needed to go. And it's, it's crazy because obviously I refused the medications because I had already had a, you know, an image and, and a bias towards the pharmaceutical industry, but that naturally brought me to the natural way of healing and then overcoming that anxiety, um, which when I think back on those days, it's almost like I, I can't believe how severe the anxiety was then. And I never thought then that I would overcome it to where I am now to be helping people overcome it naturally. So what did you do to help? Um, There's a lot of things. So the number one thing is, you know, I had to do a lot of grounding and meditation. I took a lot of herbs like I still do now to support my nervous system. That's number one, right? So there's a lot of herbs that you could take to help build resilience so that it's like the stress in your life still happens, but you're not as reactive to when it happens. It doesn't affect you the same way. And then eventually finding my, my purpose so that I feel like every day I'm kind of excited to do what I'm doing and have that drive and that 
I, I thrive to want to do that. And I feel like that fuels you and makes you more excited. So just, it was a, a lot of different things that supporting the nervous system, kind of finding your purpose, living with purpose and, and learning how to be more present. I can relate to what you're saying on a physical level. And there's been studies showing that anxiety is like directly affecting gut health. And we're hearing so much more lately about gut health. It's actually a big focus of mine for this year. You know, each year I, I put out what I want to accomplish for the year or my goals or what I want to focus on. And gut health is a major one. And I can go back to when I was a young child and remember feeling that anxiety and having my stomach physically hurt so bad. Like I've gone through tests and tests as a child and they didn't even know what was wrong with me. They just, they didn't, they just dismissed it. Uh, when I was 17, I, I was in grade 12 and I just started one day vomiting so bad and I didn't stop vomiting for weeks and they didn't know what was wrong with my stomach and I'm still dealing with stomach issues. And so anxiety plays such a huge role in how we feel on a physical level. And when, when I, when I started to do my inner healing work, I was working at a bank too making good money, you know, same exactly kind of what you're saying, um, just grinding, but like making money. And I, it was a reputable, reputable job. And I thought I was happy. And I started to realize that I'm not happy because this is not my purpose. And, and the more I stepped into my purpose, I would start to feel physically ill going into the building. Like my body was like, no. And so our bodies are constantly telling us something. But a lot of people, myself included, we get used to feeling ill. We get used to not feeling well and we forget what it's like to feel healthy. Well, that has a lot to do with the broken medical system because it has you thinking that this is a natural way to live. People, people don't even know, a lot of people don't know what it's actually like to live with full vitality, to have energy, to have a, an actual good night's sleep. That's another thing too, that I overcame. I never slept like throughout the whole night. Like it, it was, I just it was a person that just got used to it. Whereas like, it's crazy. Now I hit the pillow and I'm asleep for the night. And I was like, I can't believe I can actually sleep. You know what I mean? I, I thank my herbs and, you know, a lot of different things, but all of those have a, have a lot to do with it. And most people, yeah, you're right. They don't know that because we're in a system that makes you believe that it's normal to be tired all the time. It's normal to not feel happy all the time. It's normal to be depressed. It's normal to be so self-absorbed in these negative emotions that they make you believe that healing is just too far of a stretch and almost impossible. You're absolutely right. And it's not, No, it's, it's not. not, and it's right here. And that, again, that's part of the reason why I wanted to have this conversation, watching you be an advocate for alternative health. And I call it alternative, but it's not alternative. It's actually it's original. It's yeah. original health, but they make it seem alternative Because like, even when I was sick in high school, the only thing that made me feel better or get better was them giving me medication to coat my stomach to, so that I could eat rather than figure out the root cause, which is masking the symptoms, but over time will actually make it worse. Yes. And so, and I'm still struggling with IBS, with gut, with everything. Right. And then my mom had cancer and I feel like the medical system failed her she passed away. She had a lot of suffering and uh, unfortunately, but it made me realize how proactive we have to be for our own health because they weren't doing the right scans. They weren't paying enough attention. We were just a number. Um, And then I was a little bit traumatized by her experience. And this leads me actually to what was on your stories from yesterday until today. And this question about if you were diagnosed with cancer, like what would you do? So my mom dies end of July. And then a couple months later, a really, really good friend of mine calls me and tells me that she was diagnosed with the same type of cancer. So now I'm like, oh my God, like all over again, it felt like I was just having to, you know, relive all of this. She's my age and says, I'm not doing chemo. And I was like, what? Like, I would be so terrified. I would say like, shoot it into my veins because I'm so scared. I don't want to, I want to get better, but she didn't do chemo. 
And until she, like, it was an actual like necessity, like even her naturopathic doctor, it it took years, but it said, okay, you know what? Now it's time to try something more. But for years she lived with the cancer, the one, the same cancer that they told my mom, you have six to 12 months, right? Like they, that's it. You have six to 12 months. Here's what you have to do. We have to do an aggressive form of cancer. She didn't walk. She didn't, she wasn't herself. I lost her before she died. It takes away their quality of life completely. I, I find that it speeds up what's inevitable. And, and I can't say inevitable because I know so many people who have cured cancer naturally, who have overcome cancer naturally. On average, they make $150,000 per cancer treatment off of each patient. It's, it's a profitable business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's one of the biggest things that I believe is a scam because I rarely know anybody who has a family member or someone that they know that has gone through chemotherapy without a tragic story or extreme suffering associated with it. Rarely. And if it means that there's a chance of them living, but they're in so much pain, they're suffering, they've lost the quality of life of the last days that they might have, I'd, I'd rather let it overtake my body on its own. Because you're, you're destroying both the good and the bad parts of your immune system in order to try to fight it. Um, and if you're destroying the bad and, and you know, when you're going, let's just say you did decide to do chemotherapy. Maybe some people actually want to, even if they're all the holistic route, well, they're not telling you that, Hey, you need to support your immune system. Take ashwagandha, make sure you're taking all your medicinal mushrooms and doing this and doing that to keep your immunity at its top so that you still have a fighting chance against the chemo that we're doing, but they won't do that. Or like radiation, radiation is, is, awful for you. And there's a lot of things that you should be doing to prevent the damage from radiation, but they won't tell you that. And so there's, there's a lot of gaps in our medical system. And, and I'm sorry that you've got, had to go through that. It's, it's just crazy. That's exactly why I shared that because a lot of people would be like, well, well, what would you do? Well, first things first, I would have to know that I need to de-stress and detox to, to, two main things. I need to, I need to release stress, whatever that is in all aspects of my life, emotional, physical, mentally, whatever it is and detox, detox through social media, detox, detox through foods, detox, like different forms and let my body try to find balance again and try to heal itself. If cancer took my life away, even if I tried to live that way, well, then it was going to a lot quicker with chemotherapy. That's for sure. I remember at one point during my mother's illness, being frustrated that she didn't try everything. And then I had to detach myself from her, her path. And, and I was able to do that, which was actually very positive for myself. I didn't get caught up in it. I knew that I knew that she had made the decision to go and, and that was okay with her as opposed to trying everything and completely uprooting her life and changing her lifestyle. She just didn't have at one point, didn't have that fight in her, but what it did for me was realize that there are other options. The most important thing is, is when you think about how the medical system kind of came over and took over in the last hundred years, our parents and our grandparents were the most programmed into believing this is the only way to healing. And our parents have it like the worst. They're so bought into the system that they almost forget. There's Our grandparents have a chance because they've grown up to it when they were kids. And then it kind of was introduced towards like, you know, later of their lives. Our parents are like peak there. So then you see our generation that are like, wait, I don't, I don't know any other way. Right. But that's kind of how it started. Like uh, my dad's the same way. If he, God forbid, were to have cancer or something like that, he would turn to that. And it's, and you're right. We have to detach ourselves and, and, for example, when COVID happened, that was a big thing for me to be like, I got to detach myself from people's life choices as much as I know what can help them and heal them. Some people, if they're not ready or willing to make that decision, then they just have to live with it. And I have to live that they, that, you know, it's their body, their choice at the end of the day. But there was a lot of division. And like, although you were able to do that, a lot of people were not able to, to do that. And it broke up families. Like I actually right. heard of people getting divorced because they had such opposite views when sure. it came to COVID and when it came to I have, what I have, I have a brother of mine who I haven't spoken to since COVID who stopped talking to me completely. And you know what? The reality is that that's fine. It is what it is. If that's all it takes for you to cut off family, it is what it is. There's nothing that I could do about it other than say, I wish you all the best. And that is so a hundred percent. I know that for sure. It caused a lot of conflict, but you know what? It's not naturally occurring to us. It's the media's fault. 
they have pushed that divide. They have pushed that for a very long time. And this is nothing new, mm-hmm. right? We've had the anti-vaxxer slogan and everything like that for a very, very, very long time. It's just, this is how they slowly kind of do that type of programming because you we have news articles being like, you shouldn't invite your family for Thanksgiving if they're not vaccinated or you shouldn't do, like, you don't do stuff like that. If you actually understand health, fear causes sickness. When you're living in constant fear and constant stress, you are literally suppressing your immune system. That's going to make you susceptible to sickness, right? So that's like the first rule of thumb. Stress is the number one killer. Forget everything else. doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, or this, that, that stress alone, you know? So if they really cared about your health, they would make sure, okay, Hey, let's not live in fear. Let's try to overcome this in a positive way and, and kind of see how that goes. But that's not at all the route that it takes. You're absolutely, absolutely right. And talking about fear, when you look at energy and energy healing in the body, like fear is the lowest vibration. And when you're at your lowest vibration, that's when all of the sickness is welcome and everything consumes you. And it's not where I want to be. And I don't think a lot of people want to be there. And what COVID did was it really highlighted where we were. We were kind of like a lot of us, I'm going to talk about myself, like, kind of floating through life, not knowing what we wanted medically and not knowing what we believed in. Like I stopped watching the news, not because I was sick of it, but I was just sick of the false narrative and the over-exaggeration. And, and, I, and it's like pressuring you into thinking the one perspective, right? That's the thing. It's like, I'm, I'm tired of you. It's one thing to give me information, allow me to decipher and make my own judgment, but you're forcing that perception on me. And that's, that's something else. Yeah, completely. And growing up being Arab, like I'm Lebanese, you're we're both Lebanese. Um, I knew at a young age that Western media was wrong because my parents would only watch like Middle Eastern and even like British news. And I would say, why are you watching this? Because they wanted to see the coverage of what was really happening in Palestine and in Southern Lebanon at that time. And I'd be like, why are you watching this? And my dad would tell me the media here is fake and the media here doesn't show anything. And so I knew at a very early age that we shouldn't be trusting what we see. And this highlighted it so much. Uh, but for someone like you who had just a few years before already started getting into the natural healing, you were prepared. You were prepared for this and prepared to take it on and tackle it with natural immunity. I was in the same boat thinking, okay, like it, we're fine. People in our age group are okay. Yes, I know that it does affect the elderly, but so does the flu and all of these things. And then I got COVID and I got hit with it really, really bad. Um, I don't want to say really bad, like I wasn't hospitalized like a lot of people were. I don't want to take away from other people's experiences. But for six weeks, I had like constant fever, insomnia. I was, it got to a point where I was depressed and delusional because I wasn't sleeping and I had constant fever. I lost my hair. That's why I shaved my head. Like it did affect me really badly. And then because of that, I was scared of going through that again. And I went and I got the vaccine. Then I got sick again from the vaccine. And I'm like, what did I do? And I was so torn about what to do that now I got it again and I was fine. And I'm like, okay, I knew what to expect. I knew that I'm going to be okay. I knew that my body knew what to do. I actually slept more. I gave into it. You know, I allowed myself to rest. I did a green juice, organic green juice cleanse for three days. And that made me feel like a hundred percent back to life. Like that's what helped me. I detoxed. Like you said, I was going to an osteopath. I made certain changes in my diet and I was like, wow, like, look how easy this was. And there's no absolute way you're going to make me get another. Well, when you got sick the first time, I like to ask questions like, how was your mental state? Were you stressed? Were you living in fear? Was the stress of the children? Was the stress of your home? Was the stress of the job? The stress of your friends and your parents? Like, all of these things will suppress the immune system so that when a, a flu or the cold comes, it's going to get to you. Mm-hmm. I'm a very healthy person, generally speaking, but right before COVID hit um, in January of 2020, I got really sick, like bedridden for 10 days straight. Like it was brutal. And all I thought was like, this is just a really bad flu. And it's my fault because I had burned myself out. I was not resting for an accumulation of time before that. And then I wasn't eating properly. I was eating lots of sugar for a short period of time. I suppressed my own immune system. So I was more prone to getting sick and it's going to hit me harder. And I think that that's a lot of what happens, right? So when people like it comes to healing, it's not just a one thing. 
it's different things that affect the immune system, right? And so, and especially once you build natural immunity, hey, I want natural immunity. We used to have chickenpox parties. Literally, what happened to that? People are now afraid of that versus being like, no, no, go get the sickness, build natural immunity and, and come back home and you're fine. But they've also built that narrative that there is no natural immunity. You can't, you're going to catch it again. But it's like, I got sick again. I, well, I got sick with COVID maybe twice because I lost my, I don't know because I didn't actually test for it. I was, I was sick for about two, three days and I recovered and then I got it again. And I think I was better in a day, but like at the same time, I do believe that it's my body just detoxing whatever I was doing. I was suppressing it. Then the second time I got sick, ate sugar for three days in a row that I knew was suppressing my immune system. I felt it in my body. So I made it more susceptible to my body wanting, like, you know, wanting to detox. So there's a lot of things that play a role, but obviously I'm that believer that you don't need a man-made thing to to make you better. I do not believe that something that's got a lot of ingredients in it that should not be in your body, that's manufactured at warp speed should be injected into your body. That's going to create better immunity than your body's naturally doing by God, by God himself. And you mentioned the chicken pox. And that's something that like, I think about often, actually, I remember getting the chicken chicken pox having my mom put me beside my brother so that he would get the chicken pox and we both had the chicken pox and then we were completely fine. And now I'm wondering why do they do a vaccine for children to not get the chicken pox? Because we all, is there, what is it about? Right. Why? Like why I got it twice it people have, and I was fine. Too, I've had, I've had chicken pox you twice. Had, yeah. And it's rare by the way, to get it twice. Well, you know, what's interesting is I think it all, I personally believe that it has a lot to do with keeping a sick generation because a lot of people don't even know chicken pox, measles, they actually not only prevent long-term immunity for that sickness, they actually prevent like create a lot of antibodies that are essential for your future in life. So by never getting chicken pox, you're getting a, it's a disadvantage by like measles, measles. I, I was reading a study on measles and how, um, it could actually prevent a lot of different types of cancers when you're older, but people are afraid of it. Measles is just a mild sickness. There's nothing scary or dangerous about measles, but they'll make you believe that. They'll make you believe that. And then you have to get a vaccine because if I catch it, it's bad. It's dangerous. Yes. There's a very teeny, teeny, small percentage of people that may die from it, but there's a lot more that will actually die and are affected from the vaccines than they ever are from the natural sickness. And that's because there's other, what's that we're looking for? They have preconditions in the body or something that's not functioning properly so that even the common cold can almost kill them. Right. So um, that's, they've built that fear that you're afraid of sickness, you know, the same way people are afraid of fevers, not realizing that fevers, fevers are healthy. The same way people are afraid of like, you know, different like inflammation inflammation in different forms is healthy it's protecting a certain part of the body there's a, a lot of different things that your body is doing to heal that the conventional system has made you believe is scary and should not be happening we got to suppress it and as soon as you suppress it you stop the body from doing what it needs to do and now you're making it more susceptible to a worse illness later on in the future and not recognizing your body fighting it off and listening again back to your body and what your body needs hundred percent like tumors for a lot of yeah. people will go and remove a tumor and not realize that as soon as you remove a tumor, it can cause toxicity right into the bloodstream, which could cause you sickness in the future. You know, that I've, I've had success helping clients literally reduce tumors. It's crazy. And it, it happens. I a hundred percent believe it. I've seen it. Are you um, talking about benign tumors or cancerous tumors? Both. I mean, so, it, there's, there's a lot of like, it's, it's just, a, it's, once you understand, like, I'm obviously like a nerd when it comes to really trying to understand the body and all different types of healing modalities, but you start to realize it, it all has one common ground, give the body the resources that it needs. And when I say the body, I mean, mind, body, soul, all of it, give it what it needs. And miracles happen. Literally, the body just starts doing what it needs to do. You don't get pains in certain places that you had before. You don't you start to sleep better. And then when you sleep better, your body's healing and it's, you don't understand it. That's for God to understand, but it, it happens and it works. And you don't need a vaccine to build that immunity. You don't need something that man created that he'll never fully understand how the body works and why it's working that way. Yes, you can to an extent, but there's a lot of it that's still going to always remain unknown. And people forget that miracles happen. God is there. 
yeah, we, we've just got a very broken system that has made you believe if science can't prove it on paper and in a lab, then it doesn't exist. And there's nothing else that works, but what we're proving. But also we've been conditioned to be terrified of death. Right. And it's Which, inevitable. I don't know why. Yeah. Right. It's inevitable. I don't know why. I'm like, isn't this hell on earth right now? I'm just curious, you know, like, <laughs> and, and not to say that we don't want to be living. Like I want to be living and fully of present course. here and have my human experience, but it, there has to be an end at some point or another. And it's like, we're, we're conditioned to run away from it and not listen to going back to the body. You had said something that made me think of my own experience with my period and with endometriosis. So I had endometriosis growing up ever so since I had, I. oh really? Okay. So this uh, people who have endometriosis, just like we have this connection of knowing like how the medical system is so messed up when it comes to this, because first of all, my first period when I was 12 years old was for three weeks. That was my first like experience with having a period. And I remember my mom taking me to the doctor and the doctor saying, oh, it's normal for the first period to be a little off. Okay, fine. Then I continued to have extremely heavy periods for 10 days. Every t- every every month, it would be 10 days and it would be heavy the entire time. And I would be in a lot of pain. And nobody believed me that I was in pain and I wasn't taught how to understand my body and and listen to these different cues and like, what is it trying to tell me? So I went on and on. And one day I took myself to the emergency room because I was like, my brain was like, something is wrong. Like, just go have this checked out. So I go there and they say, you know, you were here five years ago for the same kind of pain. And we're going to refer you to a specialist. And it wasn't until a friend of mine who who was familiar with endometriosis because she knew people who had it said, Hey, do you think you might have endometriosis? And I looked it up. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is what I have. So like literally in a car, we're hanging out, you know, like two little kids and she diagnoses me before the doctors even diagnosed me. Anyways, I I go on and they say, okay, you have to take birth control. That's the only thing that's going to help you is take birth control. And I'm not sexually active at this point. I'm in my early twenties, but I take birth control because the doctor tells me to take it. And then I go off of it or I was, I was kind of loose with it. I get pregnant with my first kid and then I get pregnant with my second. And at this point I had a midwife and my midwife, and I chose to have midwives for all of my pregnancies, but my midwife even says to me, Hey, if you don't want to get pregnant, cause you're very fertile, get to get an IUD. So I was like, okay, so I got on an IUD, I take it out, I get pregnant again with my third, and then I put it back in. And the I, I did it for five years, took it out, put it in again, right after the same day, but something was telling me, so I was 35 at this point, putting it in again after the five years. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I, it, I'm not getting a period. I wasn't getting a period while I was on an IUD. It was easier, but I had no idea when my cycle was what my cycle was. I didn't know how to listen to my body. And I started to hear the whispers. You need to have a period. And I just kept getting the whispers. And I actually thought about it and meditated on it for so for months because I was scared of what was going to happen when I took out my IUD because my periods were so horrible. And again, the PTSD from no one really understanding what I was going through, having surgery around it. Is it going to be heavy periods? I don't have a period now. Why would I possibly do this? But I'm like, it's not natural and my body doesn't want it. And my body was like screaming at me. I don't want this in me. Take it out. So I did. And I worked with a menstrual coach in preparation to take it out. And throughout, I did it for six months. I have a whole podcast episode on this. And I'm so connected to my body. I know when my cycle is coming. I know where I am in my cycle. I know what my body changes are. I know what my mind changes are when it, when I'm going through it or before I am like, I'm literally on day four right now, day five, like, and I'm feeling great. I don't have any pain with my periods. I'm living a normal, healthy, cyclical life. And that was never given to me as an option before. The thing is, is they're not. I mean, they're not really trained on a lot of stuff except for, hey, take this, mask the symptom, and then deal with it, right? They don't know. So a lot of people, when I talk about the broken conventional system, I don't think doctors are bad. I mean, some of them are, but I just think that that's how they're taught. It's the education system that's broken. And the education system was taken over in the early 1900s by Rockefeller. And when you start to recognize that, it makes you realize where everything else went, Um, I had endometriosis as well, but I actually, I had very, very, very uh, painful menstruations as well. 
Um, but my endometriosis in particular that was really triggered was actually after the HPV vaccine that I got when I was 18 years old. Mm. And I took those and I took all three doses and my body just completely changed. It was extremely painful, extremely heavy, uh, very painful sex. I couldn't urinate properly. Like everything was going on in my body. And then I had IBS and all these things that were happening. I, I could say that I, I don't get the symptoms anymore. You know, I also had an IUD for five years. It was the copper one. My body was completely rejecting. Um, they did try to put me on birth control. Every single one that they put me on, my body rejected completely. So I never actually stayed on birth control because I listened to my body and I, I couldn't do it. But the problem is, is they tried to diagnose so many different things based on symptoms when all you have to do is listen to your body and you'll get the answers, right? That's, that's really all it is. Like, am I going to put a foreign object into my body and expect my body to accept it? Or is it going to reject it and create havoc in my body? Right? So, so I did heavy detoxes to remove the HPV from my system uh, as much as I can, because I knew that it was creating a lot of issues in my body. That that's really it. It's, it's, it's listening to your body because Yes, I've, I, that's probably the number one thing that I've helped women with is when it comes to menopause or menstruation, because it's something that I used to literally be in a ball tumbled over in my room every time I get my period, you know, with a little bit of chastity tree berry and some red raspberry leaf, and then some, you know, warm, warm compresses, like, I, I don't really often get pain. And if I do, it's because I've gone like months without drinking the herbs that I need to, and I start to feel it a little bit, and then I get back into it, and it starts to go away again. And so all this to say, like, there are other options out there and you don't have to be sick. 100%. 100%. It's crazy. Like, I feel better now than I ever did in my 20s. A lot of people don't realize that. And maybe I'll feel better in my 40s than I did now in my 30s. Like, I, I don't know. But the, it's like, I find the most important thing is just really equipping yourself with knowing how, where do I start? How can I start to heal myself? And that's why I created that medicinal herb guide because it's like, hey, just educate yourself with some knowledge. Just start to know some of the plants around you that are growing and start to know that what they can do to your body because your doctor's not going to educate you on that. The medical system and the education system is not going to educate on that. You need to educate yourself and start saying, okay, hey, I want to go back to my roots. What can these plants do for me? And when you start to learn about what the plants can do for you, you start recognizing how connected we are to nature's medicine. And that's in, from energy to plants to you know lifestyle to everything. What are your thoughts on some, this is like, I know it's been around for a while now, but I'm hearing a lot more of it. It's becoming a lot more popular, but it's micro dosing with mushrooms. I've heard a lot of good things as well. I haven't personally ever tried it. I'm, I just don't like someone being out of my normal state of mind. That's kind of how I am. I don't, I don't drink. I don't do any of that stuff. I've heard, I, I've read a lot of good things when it comes to someone who's in extreme depression. And microdosing can put you into a higher, happier state to make you recognize that you can get out of that mindset. And in those instances, if you're going to take a pill or microdose on that, obviously I would go for the more natural route. The problem is, and that I've seen, is a lot of people don't know where to stop and then they overdo it. So there's a lot of people that I know who have started with microdosing, saw the benefits and then started to just do it more often just because they enjoyed the feeling of it. And that's where everything has to be in moderation because now you're kind of abusing what the purpose of it is. Anything that grows from the ground, I do believe has a purpose. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, no, absolutely not. You should not be using it. It definitely serves its purpose the way, same way I believe cannabis has its purpose, but a lot of people abuse it. And then you're not getting the benefits the way that you should out of it, right? So anything that grows in the plants has its benefits especially for depression. I think microdosing on the mushrooms is, is a good thing, but a lot of people don't use it the way that it's intended or it should be used. And is there, are there clinics where it can be observed or it could be used or we can be taught how to use it in the right way? Like what uh, resources are out there for someone who might be interested in that or I don't know enough about that. It's not something that I was personally very interested in to get into in the first place. I just, I remember researching it for my mom for a little bit when she was really in her depression, when she was getting sick and saying, maybe this is something that can help her. I'm not sure. I just know like typically microdosing would just start, typically starts with like a quarter of a gram, sometimes not even like a very, very small amount. And then you just increase it. Um, but I, I don't know enough about it to say this is where it would start. And, and you're right. Not a lot of resources on it to know exactly where to start. But even with like medical marijuana or like you mentioned the cannabis, how, 
how can it be? Are there environments where it can be controlled? Because I know growing up, I used to always hear, oh, it's an herb. It's not addictive, but it is addictive. I don't believe it's addictive. I find the habit of it is addictive, right? It becomes habitual and you enjoy it. And then people get addicted to that feeling versus being addictive. And the reason why I say that is because I did, I did smoke marijuana for, for a while and it, it's not addictive. You just get used to the habit of it. But eventually I didn't like, I, I knew I was like using it too much and I have an addictive personality. So I tend to stay away from certain things like that, but it, it definitely served its purpose. Like different people, it serves its purpose if it's used in moderation. I know that there's a lot more information on it now, which is nice. I do believe the cannabis plant has a lot of healing power, especially CBD. That's the thing is that's where I really, you know, smoking the regular marijuana brought me to CBD and CBD was a whole other animal of its own. And I was like this, like for anxiety, for, for sleep, for a lot of different things, it, it's really good. Right. And it helps support our endocannabinoid system. So it has its benefits. The problem is though, is same thing when something's like made in a lab and it's not grown properly. What a lot of people do is they're actually smoking the THC and removing all of the CBD, which is more of the healing part. And that's where now you're not having it the way it should be. If you want to get that feeling of getting high, okay, cool. Get your THC, but balance it out with CBD as well, or just get the CBD. But when you're just removing completely the CBD and just want the THC, then you're literally just using it to get high and nothing else. So I'm not going to lie. That question was really personal. Like it was for me because I wanted to know because, so I do enjoy smoking weed. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't really like it for a long time too. Yeah. And at one point, and perhaps I thought it was addictive, but it was actually a dependency. It was a codependency on it for me to be able to release emotionally. Like I I wasn't able to cry unless I was high at one point because I was so closed off and so disconnected from my body and my mind and soul, like you talk about that and that that's what depression is. Right. And so it was the only way I could release before that I was smoking it for fun because I liked it. And then I became dependent on it and then I stopped. And now I find that my relationship with it has improved so much. It's strictly casual and it's strictly for enjoyment purposes. But now you have me really interested in the THC CBD aspect of it. Yeah. It's a game changer. So a lot of people don't know. I I smoked cigarettes for a very long time and it's crazy. Most people, a lot of people don't know that, right? Cause I'm such a healthy person now. And I stopped when, when I got pregnant, like for a long time, for many years, like a decade, I liked the act of smoking. So when I started to smoke marijuana, um, you know, same thing. I like the act of smoking. So when I completely stopped it all and I was like, no, I can't, you know, everything in moderation, I can't be doing this to my body. I was introduced to CBD flower and because I, same thing, I don't, I didn't like the oils and all of that. I liked the act of smoking. And so when I was introduced to CBD flower and I was like, wait, what is this? And it's like, well, it's kind of the same part of the plant, but you don't get high. And I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. So let me, let me try it. Cause I didn't, I started to not like the heart palpitations and the stuff that marijuana mm-hmm. could do to me. Someone who overcame anxiety, sometimes it would trigger a panic, like that panic same kind of hyperventilation me. kind of thing. Yeah. And so CBD and for anyone who's listening, this is actually the first, it's a good question because it's the first time I actually talk about it on, on, on a podcast or live, but I get the exclusive people picture when you're smoking a joint and you get high and then the high wears off and you've got that body calmness. So it's a body buzz, not a mind buzz. It's like a body calmness. I feel good. There's no high, there's no heart pop, none of that. It's huh. just a, I feel good right now. And I could function completely normal. And so when I was introduced to that, I was like, this is a game changer. And it, and it really was. And I, I loved it. I mean, I, I don't do it now. I mean, obviously in Turkey, it's, it's pretty much banned here too. If someone is looking for something, because the same thing you like smoking, you want the healing benefits. It tastes the same. It smells the same and everything, but the buzz is different. And it's a lot more healing to the body. It actually supports the nervous system. It helps with sleep. It helps with a lot of different things that you don't necessarily get from the THC. So when I mentioned, you can literally go to a dispensary and grab CBD flower. And what like percentage are we looking at here? You could test it out. It's I not just like don't you know. get high if it's higher, right? That's what I'm saying. You'd like, it, it's, you don't get high on CBD. Okay. You just, I would make sure that there's no THC in it and then test that out. Okay. I'm going to try it out. <laughs> I'm intrigued because it's, it's like, it, you'll, you'll enjoy it. I've converted a lot of people. Okay, good. Because I don't want to be high all the time. Like I enjoy it, but that's like a partying thing now. Like I don't want to be like, I want something 
on a regular. And one of the things when I said, you know, this year, what I want to focus on, I mentioned my gut health. Another one is that I'm heavily reliant on melatonin. And so I know that I need a really good sleep in order to function at my highest capacity. Sleep became really important. You'll, for me. you'll like CBD. You'll like CBD for that. I mean, I drink, I drink Skullcap, Lemon Balm, Valerian, uh, like on a nightly basis. This That's is like, like a my- tea. Yeah. I drink my tea all the time. I love it. Especially Skullcap and Lemon Balm. That's like my like everyday drink. It's super calming. Skullcap is really good for building resilience on the nervous system and helping with overall sleep. Valerian really helps you more just relax and go into a better sleep. And if you really struggle with deep sleep, then you've got something like hops and passion flower. But like, I'm telling you for someone who's gone from like, just getting used to, I'm just not a good sleeper. I never was to like, I can't believe I actually could sleep. It's, it's a big difference, but I could say that CBD helps a lot with that too. A lot. And do you drink the CBD or you smoke it? No, I, I would, I, what I used to, I would smoke it. You would smoke it. Yeah. Okay. You literally, when you pick it up from the dispensary, it literally looks like a regular weed. If you didn't tell someone and they smoked it, they wouldn't know the difference except for they're like, Hey, I'm not high off your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's shit. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what is this? <laughs> but what about melatonin itself because melatonin is supposed to be something natural but again I mentioned this to someone before saying you know I'm relying too much on melatonin and they're like yeah but that's okay it's natural but it's not okay because anything that I form a dependency to having a long family line of addictive personalities like I have I I don't want to be my whole point right now in life is I don't want to be a slave to anything I don't right. want to heavily have to rely on anything because if I don't have it, then unless it's my, plants, because unless it's, good it's plants, right? Unless it's something that's actually natural and that I have access to. Even when it comes to supplements, I'm I question a lot of the supplements because a lot of people don't know conventional supplements are owned by a lot of the same pharmaceutical industries. They just make that alternative. Melatonin is important for the body but should be happening in its natural form. When you're throughout the day, have enough like serotonin and natural hormones being released, then you're naturally going to get the proper melatonin at nighttime. So one of the main things, for example, um, I was actually, it wasn't long ago that I was reading about this is for example, sunglasses. We have grown accustomed to wearing sunglasses all the time in the sun. And what that does is it has your eyes, which actually connects with your body, right? And it starts creating the melatonin, serotonin, and all that stuff that you need. But it starts to think that it's nighttime more. It's not getting used to the daytime. And your body really needs to know energetically what's daytime and what's nighttime in order to create the proper amount of melatonin that it needs to for nighttime. And so since I read that, I was like, oh my God, I need to... I try to go more without wearing my sunglasses or I get a lighter lens so that it's not, it's still bright, but not completely so bright, you know, because sometimes I legit can't see, especially if you're driving. But that's one of the biggest things is we, very dark lighting in our house during the day or wearing sunglasses too much during the daytime or outside, we're not allowing our body to prepare to pr- the right amount of melatonin that it needs to at nighttime. So it's just a couple of adjustments and actually, in, in one of the programs that I'm just recently launched, it's called Absolute Health and Healing Academy because it takes healing on a whole level versus just herbalism. I specifically had one thing targeted on sleep guide and explaining how the different parts of the sleep is affected and how different parts of the body are healing and how the melatonin aspect works with that. So is melatonin bad? Not necessarily, but if you're constantly supplementing without doing a couple of lifestyle adjustments, you're not allowing your body to produce the, produce the melatonin that it needs naturally, hence why you're supplementing with it. And as women, I learned this through my cycle coaching, our circadian rhythm is what we like, we really have to 100%, actually, that's exactly what I yeah, thought. Yeah, exactly. So for those who don't know, like men have a natural 24 hour cycle, whereas our, our women as our cycle is that, you know, that 28 to 35 days, and we don't have a natural circadian rhythm. When we wake up, we're supposed to go out into the sun and like, let our bodies know, okay, it's daytime time to be awake now. Exactly. And so what happens, and that's why, for example, your phones at nighttime is bad because that light 
is messing up with your body to not allow it to realize that it's actually nighttime. It's time to relax, allow my body to release the hormones that it needs to go into a deep sleep and all of that. Yeah. I'm actually so much more intrigued. I'm so excited about like healing now. (laughs) I want so much more of you. So how can people work with you and what do you offer? Do you do one-on-one? Is it group? Yes. So I'm, I'm relaunching right now. I've made a couple of exceptions for consultations. I do do consultations. I'm start. I'm opening up my calendar in June a bit more. I was just more adjusting with the travel and the time difference and stuff. Um, my medicinal herb guide, how my, how my programs work typically is I have my medicinal herb guide. It's $7. It's super cheap. And it kind of goes through. It's about like 70 pages of learning plant medicine. From there, you have the option of purchasing um, other like Hey, I want to take my herbalism knowledge to the next level type of thing. I could get a different program. The one thing that I've just recently launched, which I'm actually launching version three based on feedback. So I'm super excited. It's a free webinar. It's called the healer's awakening. And this really talks about healing the heart, healing the mind, healing the body, healing the soul, and how all four of those are connected to actually heal. Um, So this is a free webinar. From that webinar, they have the option of purchasing, like I said, the absolute health and healing academy, which is all encompassing really just anything and everything into healing, but also how to make that your lifestyle, how to literally make it your lifestyle. And in that specific program, they get 60 days of support with me to get them on that next level faster and to try to get them to that level faster. So if someone actually wants to work with me one-on-one, I have consultations It's 247 for an hour and then 99 each session after that. Other than that, right now, I don't do coaching. I had a coaching program for a little while. I do not have the time for that. It got very busy very quickly, but at least through this program, I was able to support for 60 days where it's hundred percent through emails, guaranteed responses within 24 hours or a one hour consultation. I mean, what I like about your Academy is that it sounds like a lot of what you do is really based on the knowledge and the individual learning so that they can continue on on their own and not you just 100%. telling people what to do. It's like you learn there's about worksheets, it. There's everything. Exactly. It's it's working at their own pace, figuring that out. And that's why I put 60 days because it'll take a little bit of adjusting for them to kind of get into it. And then it's like lifetime access. You know, you reference back to it. How many times have you read a book and then you go back to it and you're like, oh my God, I, I read this, but it just, it digests differently now. You know, it reads differently now. So those are, I, I'm trying to figure out the different ways of helping people. And the reason why I came up with the Absolute Health and Healing Academy in particular is because based on the amount of consultations and questions and everything that I get from people, I start to recognize where the need is. And I try to create something that can go to more people versus just utilizing my time one-on-one with people. And when is your webinar? The webinar, like the version right now is still available right now in my link. Um, But next week, version three will be launched, which is going to have a little bit more content in terms of healing the mind, body, and soul and heart because it all correlates. So by next week, the full one will be launched. But right now I still got volume like the version two that's that's launched. It just doesn't have as much detail as I'm going to be introducing next week. And it's completely free. This is like an hour long webinar where I talk about it. It's completely free. And I give solutions like what do you do? How can you heal the mind? How can you heal the body? All that. But then afterwards, it's like, hey, you want to take it to the next level and I can kind of work with you a little bit. This is what you can do. And it's, it's super cheap. Everything that I, everything that I offer is all less than a thousand bucks because I want people to heal. I'm not here to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to charge $7,000 for my program, um, which a lot of people do to me. I'm just mm-hmm. like, just get the knowledge out there, heal yourself, start healing people. Cause the more that, you know, and the more that you heal others, you heal yourself as well. That's amazing. And people can find you on Instagram. You're at Tanya, the herbalist. Yeah. Tanya, the herbalist on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Yeah. Telegram. And- and your link is in your bio.com, my website. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. There was so much good information here. Welcome. I would love to have you back one day. Yeah, for sure. And for I'm sure. going to be, I'm going to go check out your webinar. Absolutely. hundred percent. That's a wrap on this week's episode of the Hasten app podcast. Please follow along on Instagram. Handle is at H-E-Y dot S-A-N-A-A to continue the conversation. And please share this with your friends and family if you think that anyone out there needs to hear today's message. Together, we can really help a lot of people. Have an excellent day and thanks for tuning in.